Welcome to the show, Daver here. What up? I'm Chad. And Chandler's back as well. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got the crew together. We're going to do a really, really quick condensed AEW collision and rampage. I don't even want to call it a review, just a recap. Um, but the real meat of the episode, we're going to get into our review of AEW Full Gear. Um, I thought it was a fan-freaking-tastic show. Um, Hangman Page and Swerve put on a show that made me feel feelings. <laughs> a roller coaster of emotion. Mm. I heaved, I hoed, I... Uh, cried i laughed uh yeah what a match uh yeah, yeah that was uh what do you think about it Chandler? Saw, saw 10 on my weekend and uh, i don't think i got it now yeah uh what do you think about it chandler uh the pay-per-view or just the swerve match swerve i know that's your uh favorite Oof. I'll get into it, but let's just say I was lucky enough. You know, you always hear the the myth of great wrestling will appeal to everyone. So, like, you show it to a non-wrestling fan, they'll get into it. Well, I managed to show this match and also have my first viewing to people who don't like wrestling. It was a magical experience. So I'm going to tease that, and I'm, that's all I'm going to say about the Swerve match for now. But honestly, this might be controversial. I thought the entire pay-per-view was okay. Like overall, the like Swerve Hangman, probably my match of the year. Yes, but everything else, eh, like hit or miss. We'll call that hit or miss. But what do you do think, Chad? Overall, uh, similar. Had some pacing things. A uh, few things that I um, I had a hard time paying attention to, but uh, overall I enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, like you said, I it didn't have like the high highs for of like. Um, uh, uh, when like Adam Cole and uh, Brian Danielson came out, uh, I don't know. For me, that's kind of the gold standard for the AEW pay per views. Uh, but it was definitely in the top upper tier for me. Like it was interesting, had some good payoffs, had a lot of like goofy wrestling shit. So, uh, and of course, a couple like ultra violent matches. So um, you know, little you got a little little of the whole buffet. I thought. Uh, I'm oh. sure as we go through the entire card, I'll have a bit of a better feeling. But I think just like. They always say the main event is how you leave them, and I was pretty disappointed with the main event, so we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's uh, recap our collision uh, that took place in the Kia Forum, uh, same place that Full Gear will be at. Um, our first match... Uh, or actually, we had Tony Schiavone with uh, Christian Cage in the middle of the ring. They're talking about Sting, Darby Allen. Um, he's going to break uh, Adam Copeland's neck. Uh, then we get Lexi Nair backstage with Big Bill and Ricky Starks. We find out that this will now be a ladder match for the AEW tag titles. And... Rookie Starks does a pretty funny Dax Harwood impression, I found out. <laughs> kind of cool. Um, after that, 
we get a Miro versus Daniel Garcia match. Uh, the outcome of that, we've got Garcia with Miro in the Dragon Slayer. Uh, <laughs> Miro reached up and bashed Daniel Garcia's head into the mat. Uh, got out of the hold. Uh, put Daniel Garcia in the game over for the win. Um, after that, we got Lexi Nair backstage with an Andrade. We found out, uh, find out that CJ Perry entered Andrade into the Continental Classic and negotiated with Tony Khan to get Andrade a bonus if he wins. After that, we've got a really quick squash match with the Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi Black and Brody King against the boys. Uh, they didn't get fed, so that's probably why they lost. Um, yeah, for a quick match. We got <laughs> malnourished boys. The... It's never good. Never good. Yeah. <laughs> no Dalton. Sorry. I'll say no Dalton Castle, but yeah, if this is just a squash match, you wouldn't want that. So yeah. Um, they hit the Dante's Inferno for the win. Um, let's see, after that, we get our um, TNT title qualifier match. Uh, Trent Beretta, Brian Cage, Commander, and Penta all vying for a TNT title shot on collision against Christian Cage. That match ended up with Penta jumping off Commander onto the outside on Brian Cage and Commander diving on Penta. Uh, Commander hurried up to the ring, goes for his Spaceman shooting press, uh, shooting star press on Trent, but Trent evades, hits the strong zero for the win. He will be facing Christian on Rampage for the TNT title. Gee, I wonder if he's going to win. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) After that, we've got Lexi Nair backstage with Don Callis uh, and Will Hobbs. Uh, Will Hobbs says, I'm big, I'm black, and I'm jacked. Uh, All true. After that, we get a Wardlow squash match. He comes out. He does one power bomb, one swanton bomb off the top rope. One, uh, what's the name of the power bomb that Undertaker does? Last ride. Last ride. He basically does that, right? Yeah, where uh, like grabs essentially them. the difference is like he throws him up as much as he can and throws him down as hard as he can, like. A little difference, but when it's a tall guy like Undertaker or Wardlow, you're like, oh shit, that's like nine feet up. Yeah. Yeah, looked really great. Uh got the one, two, three, or no, actually uh the referee stopped the match. Sorry. Uh yeah. Referee stoppage. After that, we get Dax Harwood against Roosh. Uh so many chops. Both men's chests are just bloody. Uh, Yeah, really great, hard-hitting, violent match. Uh, I love watching Dax Harwood singles matches. Uh, They're always a treat. Um, He hasn't done one in a while, so it was pretty great. Uh, 
it ends up being a no contest with Ricky Starks spearing Roosh uh, before Roosh could do the bull's horn stacks. Um, we end up getting a big brawl with all, all the participants of the full gear AEW tag team title match. And uh, yeah, that should be a great match coming up that we will <laughs> talk about. Uh, finally, we've got something for Buddy Matthews. Uh, Buddy Matthews versus Wheeler Yuta. Um, I'm loving the House of Black. Anything they're doing right now, I'm into. Um, Yuta put up a good fight, but Buddy Matthews wins with a curb stomp. Buddy Matthews grabs a chair, but Claudio Castagnoli comes out to save Yuta. And we've got Claudio calling out Buddy Matthews for a match on Full Gear Zero Hour. And Buddy Matthew accepts. Um, after that, we've got a Mox and Orange Cassidy promo. John Moxley <laughs> said Orange hits like a bitch. And Orange Cassidy says, I have to beat you. Um, then we got our main event. Soraya and Ruby Soho, the Outcasts versus Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander. I really like the uh, champion champion team up. Um, I think it would have made a little more sense if it was uh, Shida and Statlander versus Tony Storm and uh, I don't know Julia Hart or something. But you would um, want I'm anyone. Not really to sure. You would want anyone to get pinned in that situation, though. So it makes sense to be Soraya and Ruby because those are probably the two biggest names on the roster that are like active and wouldn't mind taking a pin. Yeah, I'm not really sure how we got to this match, but uh, we got it. <laughs> um, that match ended with uh, Soraya being distracted by Ruby Soho and Angelo Parker doing a little flirting. Um, Soraya sees Angelo Parker with his hands all over Ruby, uh, gets distracted. Sheeta hits the katana on Soraya for the win. Uh, to end up uh, our collision, we've got Tony Shivani with MJF. Uh, basically, Tony Schiavone wants to know the likelihood of MJF beating Jay White and the Guns in the same night. MJF says slim to none, unfortunately for Jay White. And all of my detractors, I like those odds. And we end collision. A uh, little bit of uh, story development setting up for the pay-per-view, but not a whole lot of... Um, Big moments for that collision. Um, then immediately after collision, we got a live rampage, which we don't get very often. We've got a uh, Christian Cage, Trent Beretta, TNT title match. That ends with uh, Christian Cage stomping on Trent's neck and then hitting the kill switch for the win. After that, we've got Emmy Sakura and Tony Storm. This is Tony Storm's uh, tune-up match that she requested from Tony Khan. Uh, this match ended with uh, 
a hip attack and a pile driver to Emmy for the win. After that, we get Renee Paquette backstage with Jay Lethal and Eddie Kingston. Um, basically, we get confirmed uh, Eddie Kingston and Jay Lethal uh, for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight title on Full Gear Zero Hour. After that, we get Roderick Strong versus, versus Action Andretti. Uh, we had a very scary moment during this match. Uh, man, it, it kind of made the whole uh, fake neck injury thing kind of put that all in perspective for me a little bit uh, when it happened. But we got a... Uh, uh, Spanish fly that went definitely wrong. Um, the way the way he landed, uh, yeah, there's no way that was meant to happen. But uh, yeah, apparently he's okay. Uh, we got Roderick Strong getting up. Uh, he hits the end of heartache for the win. After that, we get Renee Paquette backstage with Jay White. Um, basically MJF attacks Jay White. Uh, we get Juice Robinson throwing MJF into a room. Um, we get into that room. It appears that Juice Robinson got hit on the head with a TV. MJF chases Jay White to the ring and the guns attack. Um, MJF fights them off. He grabs his belt. The guns attack him from behind. They all three attack MJF. Uh, he holds on to the belt for dear life, but finally they get it from him. Uh, Jay White is about to hit MJF with the belt, but Samoa Joe comes out and the Bullet Club gold scatter. Uh, Samoa Joe puts out his hand. MJF accepts. Samoa Joe will be the mystery partner for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship match. Um, yeah, so that kind of set up uh, Zero Hour for us. Uh, I kind of wish they would have left that a little more ambiguous uh, about who the partner would be. Uh, but yeah, now we're all set up for full gear. Um, yeah, not the uh, best pay-per-view. I agree with you, Chad. Uh, the gold standard is definitely all out 2021 with the debut of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson. But yeah, definitely uh, entertaining. I enjoyed most of it. There was some uh, complaints about the logistics of... Uh, Adam Cole being allowed to defend <laughs> the title. Hey, I had to suspend some disbelief, okay? I had to do that, but I don't mind that I had to do that. Uh, it wasn't a deal breaker for me. Um, yeah. Uh, what do you think, Chandler, about the whole uh, MJF leg injury angle and uh, Adam Cole coming to his aid? It felt super like WWE and not in the best way. Like I didn't need it. 
I was genuinely just looking forward to a straight up one-on-one match of how can MJF overcome the odds. Like that would have been interesting. That would have been fun to watch. It kind of just made me feel like they didn't have faith in Jay White to be able to put together like maybe Jay White and MJF too, but like they just felt like they couldn't put together a compelling match. They're like, oh, let's just work through this injury. And so I just felt like I didn't want to see it. And of course, one of the few things that got spoiled for me was that MJF retains. But like, so it was like, okay, why are you advertising Adam Cole if it's always going to be MJF? Like, you're going to have all these doctors like, oh, no, 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 MJF, you can't wrestle. You can't wrestle. But that guy who's just on a crutch, can't walk, is going to defend. Like, wouldn't it make more sense to have like Samoa Joe defended? Or like, I know he's not friends with him, but like, I don't know, at least he can walk. So. I don't know. Yeah, I can get suspending your disbelief, but it's also just like, why are you overbooking this? Why are you making this so complicated? I just wanted, like, I wasn't looking forward to the match 100%, but I was like, I want to be impressed by Jay White with this. And you know what? Jay White was awesome on full gear. Like, his promos where he was mocking MJF, and, like, it was the first time I felt like he spoke with confidence and, like, swagger a little bit. So I was like, wow, Jay White's impressive tonight, but they have to do all of this to just kind of muddy it. And there wasn't really like a solid conclusion, except for, you know, MJF winning, which is good, but you could have gotten there anyways. What did you think, Chad? Yeah, same. You know, I've been watching wrestling for quite a while too. And uh, you, you get, you kind of get WWE brain for certain tropes. And the second the beatdown happened in my head, which was, oh, we're going to get the ambulance spot of, oh, what's he going to do? He's going to forfeit. And then at the last minute, you hear the sirens, and it's exactly what happened. Uh, yeah, it was very predictable. Um, I still enjoyed it, though. Um, oh, yeah. I think that just a ama- precedence to MJF and his ability to perform. It was still entertaining. I still yeah. liked it, but it was like, I think I would have just rather had like a match. Same, same. Yeah, that's, uh, I didn't need all that stuff. Um, Cause yeah, it was like, yeah, like right when that happened, I already just knew in my brain, like, oh, A, B, and C is going to happen now. And it's going to be a gutsy performance by our plucky champion. And sure enough, that's what happened. Uh, but I still enjoyed it and still had fun for what it was. But yeah, same. I'm in a, in a card where you had like a mox and a swerve and all that, I would have liked them to like keep up with that theme of just really good, hard hitting competitive matches, which I think JY Jay white is more than capable of uh, performing in too. So uh, yeah, it was a little, little, little kind of culture shocky roller coaster for me. So uh, um didn't hate it but i think i think if they would have just kind of picked that one theme and just stuck with it it would have been a little more uh impactful uh how about what's your take on it dave well i'll go ahead and admit this uh for maybe two seconds i was like is that scott steiner's theme with the sirens <laughs> that's okay that would have been awesome <laughs> comes out and does the math uh, of NDF winning. So you got a 33% chance of winning this match. 
Um, I have it written down. We were doing the uh, quick recap, but uh, Nigel McKinnis did some uh, Steiner math on Collision. I don't know if you guys caught that. <laughs> I had some other Nigel uh, McGinnis lines. I thought he was real funny on Collision. Like that was dude, if we did a high I, point of Collision, it would have been Nigel McGinnis on commentary. So yeah, he, dude, he was killing it on Collision. Yeah, he was killing it on full gear too. I think my favorite line from him on full gear was when Rick Flair was coming out. And he was like, I think he comes out as much as Harpe's and he's just as welcome. I love him so much. <laughs> Cause he like he's the heel, but he's not wrong. Uh, yeah, he should be the only person who interviews Osprey. Just I just want a couple of really gnarly English guys just going off. I, like you guys don't even have to wrestle nothing. I just want to listen to you guys talk. Hell yeah. Did you did you catch uh when they were applauding after the Darby match? Darby's getting the clap. Usually that's for Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was they were on fire. They were on fire. Uh uh, but yeah, let's get into uh, Full Gear Zero Hour. Um, the first match on that was Eddie Kingston versus Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Um, I do like uh, they've got the ring apron and the barricades with the video screens. They've never done that on an AW pay-per-view. Uh, it looked really sharp, really good. Uh, yeah, great look. But uh yeah, I want to see uh Jeff Jarrett as Ring of Honor World Champion. I think this could segue to it possibly, right? I think the Ring of Honor Champion and Ship is going to be a little busy unless Jeff Jarrett's in the Continental Classic, but if Kingston wasn't <laughs> yeah. if Kingston wasn't in the Continental Classic, then yeah, I could see that, but right now I think other plans are happening. I think I think the MJF match wasn't the only thing that's getting overbooked right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Uh, really good, straightforward wrestling match for the first probably half of the match. We get Eddie Kingston's patented machine gun chops to Jay Lethal. We get a lethal combination to Kingston. Kingston or rather Jay Lethal goes for a big elbow drop, uh, but Kingston countered. We got Jay Lethal finally hitting the big elbow for a two count. We got Jay Lethal missing the lethal injection. We get the exploder suplex from Eddie Kingston. Uh, we get Eddie taking out Jeff Jarrett and Sanjay Dutt. Uh, both men struggle to get the guitar from uh, Ortiz uh, or struggle to get the guitar, but Ortiz grabs it and hits Sanjay Dutt uh, before that kind of leaving us in suspense. Is he there for Eddie or is he teaming with Jay Lethal now? But we have our answer. We get Jay Lethal going for the lethal injection again. But he reverses and hits a half and half sup uh, suplex into the back fist for the win. Uh, kind of a cool moment. We got Ortiz back with Eddie Kingston. Uh, I think that's pretty good. Uh, how do you feel about this match, Chandler? I did not catch the zero hour because I tried to. 
And uh, I went to Bleacher Report, and I kept scrolling, and I kept on getting spoilers for Full Gear. And I was like, oh, no, not that match, not that match, not that match. So I just was like, ah, screw it. I give up. So I just watched it, or I just watched Full Gear straight on. Um, but honestly, it, like, if I'm being honest, just my impressions, it was like no one cared about this match. I feel like I don't think Eddie Kingston should have the Ring of Honor championship just because it's like, not like he doesn't deserve it but it's like nothing's going on with it it's not interesting no one cares so like put it back on a ring of honor guy i don't want to see it on AEW anymore what did you think of it chad uh actually about the same um i i worked all weekend so i i when i finally got off i just uh flicked on full gear so i didn't get to watch the pre-show either but uh similar um Everything that uh, from, from what I saw happened, I kind of predicted it was uh, pretty paint by numbers. But um, uh, always, I would have liked to see my boy Eddie Eddie uh, wrestle a match. But uh, sadly, I missed that. But um, yeah, same though. Uh, I, I feel like there should be some more separation between like AEW Ring of Honor. Definitely gets a little uh, confusing or a little uh, too much beltitis. And now we're adding another one. Well, yeah, but did you know that can be defended on both Ring of Honor and AEW? As if that means anything, because Ring of Honor titles are, are that and oh, New Japan. That's nice and New Japan. I don't know. We'll we'll get to that later. What happened next, Dave? Um, let's see. After that, we get a Claudio Castagnoli and Buddy Matthews match. Uh, in the end, we get. A Ricola bomb to uh, Buddy Matthews. We get Buddy in the sharpshooter, and Matthews taps out. Uh, good match. Uh, big fan of Buddy Matthews. Uh, get him in more uh, storylines for sure. Quick, quick segment After- before we move on. Uh, question to you two: Does Buddy Matthews typically do the stomp? Because he did one against Yuta, and I was pretty surprised. Okay, that makes sense because he teamed with Rollins for so long. I was like, this might be the first Ooh. Buddy Matthews solo match I've ever seen in AEW. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy used to be a cruiserweight. Now he's this huge guy and he's killing people. Like it, him in the ring with Yuta was insane on collision. So Yeah, on uh, 205 Live, that was always kind of his storyline was him trying to cut weight. Because, yeah, he's a fucking brick house, that dude. Yeah. Wheeler Yuta looked like a 11 year old boy yes, next he did. to him. Yes, he did. <laughs> oh, the great uh, Yuta. Yeah, yeah, cool match. Good to good to see Buddy Matthews doing something. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was like, "Hey, what are, what are we gonna do with Buddy?" Uh, but yeah, after that, we get our MJF Samoa Joe versus the Guns. Um, at one point, Adam Cole comes out, music hits, he distracts the guns, Samoa Joe gets a rear naked choke on, um, I believe Austin gun, uh, for the win, uh, bullet club gold end up, uh, hurting MJF's knee or leg or I'm not sure ankle. I don't think they really made that clear. Um, we get MJF in the ambulance and begs Adam Cole 
not to let anything happen to his championship. All right. Um, we get Tony Schiavone announcing uh, MJF can't compete and the title will be forfeited. Adam Cole steps up and offers to wrestle Jay White in MJF's place. Uh, yeah, pretty unrealistic. Uh, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but hey, I rolled with it. I knew Adam Cole wouldn't be wrestling anyway. Like, I knew that deep down. And, uh, and also, yeah, they, we really didn't need this whole side storyline at all. Mm-hmm. I feel, uh, I know you kind of touched out on that a little bit, Chad. Um, I have a controversial yeah. take here. I want to see what you guys think. I think Jay White should have gone to WWE because this is the first storyline that this storyline in particular was very WWE on full gear. And so him is this more of a sillier heel, but you still believed he could kick your ass. I thought he did great. So again, I'm kind of like, like, damn, I was really impressed with Jay White tonight and like him in this very WWE type role. I was like, yeah, I think, because that was the big thing was everyone thought he was going to WWE. AEW thought he was going to WWE. And then they got their Endeavor smurge. And that was the, they didn't hire anyone. It was a hiring freeze. That's the only reason AEW got Jay White. So like just looking at this, I'm like, damn, he would have been such a good fit. He would have been one of the better wrestlers in WWE. So, I mean, hopefully they don't like genuinely, I hate to say it's, I hope they don't watch jay white after this i hope they kind of keep this momentum how do you guys feel about that is that controversial do you agree no yeah no it's um it's a good take um i yeah i hope he can continues rolling with some momentum because uh yeah some of the sparks we saw in the lead up and then like night of full gear he was on point like his wrestling was great uh yeah his promos him fucking mocking adam cold in the begin like uh yeah no i want more of that please just like over arrogant um you know that that kind of would like that more than anything led to his downfall was his own overconfidence uh yeah just have that smarmy smarmy bastard they like because dude put him in a really another good program and he will have crazy heat because um He's got such a punchable face. I think they accidentally played the guns music. It was either like a botch or like they intended it, but he just reacted so well. He was like, Tony Schiavone, is that my music? Are are they playing my music? That's not the champ's music. I was like, wow, he's coming out already. So I don't know. That's just how I felt. Cool. Yeah. um, A lot of people on the, uh, on the interwebs are, saying you know he got buried it was his burial like i don't see it that way like at all like he'll he'll be able to come out of this uh you know do the same thing he was doing you know with someone someone else no a real burial would have been not doing anything at all not even on the show he was all over the show and Mm -hmm. he did a good job Mm -hmm. yeah i just hope they keep this momentum going Maybe yeah. a good international title feud contender. I'd be all for that. 
Yeah, throw him in the Continental Classic. Ooh, that too. I feel like he'd have a lot of great matches. I want him winning the tag team titles with Pac. Ooh, I think I was saying earlier in the year, maybe not earlier in the year, I've only been watching for like a month, but him and Bullet Club Gold take the trios titles from the acclaimed. I thought that was being pretty set up pretty well. So I think that'd be good for them. Yes, yeah. please. Uh, did you hear Juice Robinson uh, is actually hurt? He uh, is going to have back surgery. Huh. But they're not saying it'll be like a prolonged uh, leave of absence, maybe like three months. So we'll get well soon. I mean, he's entertaining. Uh, you still have the guns there. I think the guns and Jay White are still a good set. They were pretty good at full gear. Um, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, let's move on here. Um, after that, we've got Sting and Darby Allen, Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and Nick Wayne. Uh, we get uh, Steve-O in the crowd. I thought that was really cool. Uh, Adam Copeland looks really cool with face paint, them all matching. I thought that was a really cool moment. Uh, and I read uh, he said that really felt cool. He felt like a kid, again, dressing up like that and teaming with Sting. Uh, let's see. We get Luchasaurus choke slamming Darby Allen on the ring apron. Brutal, brutal bump that no one should take. Uh at that right at that moment, uh, Tony Schiavone reveals that Darby Allen is flying to Mount Everest directly after the match to climb Mount Everest. <laughs> I honestly thought He's they were going to. I thought they were going to lose at that point. So I was like, "Yes, my predictions are right. Christian's going to win." Because I was like, "Oh well, if he's going to be away, they're going to have to ride him off TV." But I was wrong. Now he's going to climb that bitch in like a day or two and be back, be back. for dynamite. I hope not, Darby. I don't think it. I think it takes a little bit more than a day or two to climb Mount Everest. Uh, but yeah, that that fucking bump on the apron, like, didn't that just happen to him? Wait a minute, am I having old man deja vu? I think it did. Didn't uh, Archer, right? Yeah, oh. Archer got him. Yeah, he did the same fucking thing. Uh, but yeah, loved it. Uh, we get a code red to Nick Wayne from the top turnbuckle from Darby. We get uh, Nigel McInnes making a joke about Ric Flair getting the clap. Uh, we get Sting diving on Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne. Uh, Sting and Adam Copeland hit the tandem Scorpion death drop and elbow drop. Uh, I looked over at Ric Flair. He had a complete look of glee on his face watching Sting kick ass. It was kind of neat. Uh, Christian low blows Ric Flair on the outside. We get Christian accidentally hitting Luchasaurus with a TNT title. Copeland lunges for Christian, but Christian runs away through the crowd. We get a Stinger splash. On Luchasaurus, we get a spear from Adam Copeland and a coffin drop 
from Darby Allen for the win. Uh, so, yeah, if I remember correctly, I picked that they were going to win and they were who I wanted to win. So, yeah, that worked out pretty good. Um, yeah. What do you think about that match, Chad? Uh, I loved it. It was a perfect pick to open the card with, I thought. Uh, it's fun and lighthearted because uh, some of the matches, other ones were uh, a little more serious. Um, the children coming out to sing Christian's theme song was friggin' inspired. Um, I, I was giggling the second that happened. I was like, oh, that's, that's a good touch. Um, some of the other things I wrote down in my notes, uh, Flair is a creepy old man. Just felt like I needed to reiterate that. Uh, uh, Christian hugging Nick Wayne again is pretty awesome too. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, the yeah, Team Sting's whole entrance I just thought was great. Uh, like immediately, I was just pumped for the pay per view because I didn't get to watch this till uh, after work on Sunday, and it was already pretty late at night, and I was a little tired. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. Like it got me jazzed up for it. Uh, another note I took, which is I'm a little angry at Sting. He's 20 years older than me, and he still moves better than I do. Uh, still looks spry and good. Like. I don't know, dude, 64 now uh, has no right moving that well. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I had fun. A um, little angry that Christian didn't win because I think I'm going to be eating some uh, really spicy food later. But uh, um, yeah, that's what I got. Uh, Chandler, what do you think about it? I was a little disappointed with the match just because I was really, like, I was really looking forward to watching Adam Copeland and Christian Russell. And it seems like that was what the crowd was really excited for. That all being said, I still had a lot of fun with the match. Like it was a, you guys were right. It was a great opener. Um, all six men are incredibly talented. I loved Christian's exit in the match where he was just like, nope, I'm running. I'm abandoning my children. What a great father. Um, I loved how he low blowed Ric Flair. And I literally just wrote, thank you, Christian. Cause I was like, he's doing the Lord's work. This man, him and Nigel McGinnis, they're my heroes. Um, I like, yeah, I, I think you guys kind of captured the biggest moments in the match. It was fine. It was fun. Um, and then they're just holding off that Edge and Chris, Adam Copeland and Chris match, which is not a bad thing by any means. So we'll get it when we get it. All right. Next up, we had Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley for the AEW International Championship. Um. A little bit into the match, we've got Moxley back raking and biting Orange Cassidy on the turnbuckle. Then we get Orange Cassidy returning the favor and biting and back raking Moxley. Uh, we get Orange head butted Moxley's head until it bleeds. Uh, we got to get a bleeding Moxley forehead uh, early in the match. Um, we get Orange Cassidy flipping off John Moxley, then diving on Moxley three times in a row. Uh, I think the crowd willed the third one into being. Uh, we got the one more time, one more time. Uh, we get Orange Cassidy applying the red rum on uh John Moxley, which is Hook's move. Uh, we get 
Orange Cat, Orange Cassidy hitting John Moxley with <laughs> six orange punches and the beach break for the win. Uh, really good match. Uh, we got Moxley bleeding. Uh, the only thing that didn't happen that I wanted to happen was uh, John Moxley shaking Orange's hand in respect. Um, we get Wheeler Yuta bumping into Hook on his way out of the ring, uh, setting up clearly a future FTW match. Uh, yeah, great match. Uh, I knew Orange had it in him. How do you feel about uh, Orange Cassidy beating John Moxley Chandler? Believe me, guys, I'll start being a bit more positive about this pay-per-view later, but I feel like I'm the only person alive that didn't really like this match. Like, maybe just because I really wanted Moxley to win, but I was just kind of, like, watching it. I was like, oh, Cassidy's just going to beat him clean. And I was like, oh, okay, we're doing that. And I felt like, you know, he did the back break and the biting and the gate. At first, he was biting or doing a bit more outside stuff, but he still just won with his typical moveset. And I felt like I was like, well, what do you do with Orange Cassidy after this? Like, what's next? Because we just had a long run where he fought, like, a match on almost every show, and he won almost every one, won all of those. So it's like, I get that we're not pivoting and we're just, or we are pivoting and we're just going to continue with Orange Cassidy, but it's like, I feel like Moxley was kind of hurt by this. Like, he needed something. So I'm going to hold out. Maybe they have really good plans for OC. Maybe they have really good plans for Moxley. But personally, I just didn't really like this match. What did you think, Chad? Um, I, I kind of, I see where your point is. Um, and I think in an isolated way, I, we, I agree with it. But um, I love how, uh, since I'm like I'm a day oneer from uh, AEW, the evolution of OC from kind of goofy, almost Danhausen-esque kind of guy, for a guy that had a mimosa match with uh, Jericho, uh, to the I'm gonna try guy, to now him getting into the mud like fucking dirty fighting a little with uh, Mox and trying to level up to his level. Um, I think that like, I just think, I think the overall, oval, uh, overall arc. Wow. Easy for me to say of orange Cassidy was, uh, is pretty interesting to me is just as a really broad storytelling device. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I like these brutal kind of, you know, people getting up, flipping each other off, uh, you know, the back rakes, the biting. I, I love those kinds of matches. Uh, so I got into it. Um, it was fun for me. Um, ba, 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 check my notes. I think that's really all I have to say. Yeah, thought it was a good match. You, Dave? Um, well, real quick, are either of you familiar with the fire ant gimmick that Orange Cassidy had early in his career? No. He was part of a uh, faction, I think they were called the Colony, where they all wore these, like, ant suits with like antenna and like big eyes uh it was really cool like but they were like hardcore like violent faction uh i'm hoping for that full circle for orange cassidy to bring back the fire ant uh gimmick in AEW for sure if you two get a chance uh 
YouTube some of that shit. It's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't the match I thought it was gonna be. I guess. Um, I I predicted the outcome. I just again like you Chandler I thought Orange would maybe have to like dip into the well and get something you know that he's never done or uh just do you know just do the same thing you always do but six times like yeah okay it worked but yeah it could have been a little more creative uh at least it wasn't an overbooked shit show i guess this is a bit of a hyperbolic comparison but it's a bit like roman reigns at cody rhodes at this year's wrestlemania where it's like if you really wanted roman reigns to win he could have had a million other ideas but you went with the the tried and true that oh i'm just gonna power up and at least with that it was like interference but with oc and mox it was just i'm gonna hit you a lot and you'll go down i wish it was like Maybe he did a low blow, but we saw a lot of those. Maybe it was a, a hook interference. Maybe he, I said jokingly, he'll hit shield moves, but like maybe just bust out a new move. Like, have you ever seen him do a pile driver? Maybe that would have been big. Maybe Herb he, Stomp would have been badass. Mox's weakness seems to be choking. So maybe if he was a little bit more serious about trying to do the red rum, that was like, I really liked that where he was doing the back scratch and the, the red rum that was interesting but then it kind of petered out so again i did it wasn't a bad match it was fine it just didn't live up to my expectations i guess and i'm it wasn't what i would pick but we'll see where they go yeah yeah i'm looking forward to see where they each go at this point i'm uh kind of wanting a swerve and moxley program I think that could elevate Swerve to the next level that he needs to be. Um, and then Orange, I don't know, put him against, man, let me think. Maybe like Will Hobbs and the the Callis family or something. Best friends versus Callis family. Uh, but yeah, uh, maybe Hobbs can take that belt off of him. I think that'd be a good move. Um, but yeah, after that, we get Tony Khan confirming that Adam Cole will be taking MJF's place. Why? <laughs> He's injured. Uh, this anyway. guy has an injured leg. I'm going to replace him with a guy with an injured leg. Yeah, I think Nigel yeah. McGinnis said later on in the commentary, like, you should just take one of their legs and make one healthy wrestler. I thought that was really <laughs> funny. By the way, strange thought popped into my head. Moxley, love him. Claudio, love him. Brian Danielson, love him. Uh, Claudio, awesome. Wheeler, kind of into, pretty into. Uh, BCC, kind of not really feeling him anymore. It's weird. Like a bunch of really good singles guys don't really care for the faction anymore. Yeah, I... I don't know. I've been watching and like everyone was like, yo, the BCC is awesome. And then they lost to the elite. And I feel like they've kind of like been shuffled and Danielson has been getting injured a lot, which doesn't help, but, and Moxley got injured. So I think they've just had an unlucky couple months. So maybe going further, they'll be a bit better, but it just feels like, I mean, with Osprey coming in February spoilers, I feel like AEW's coming, like kind of getting a little too stacked. 
And I had a very, very controversial thought during one of the last couple matches. So I'll keep it for that. Uh, it's a bit similar to my Jay White WWE thought, but we'll get to that. Yeah, I don't think the BCC felt threatening or mattered as much since Regal left. Honestly, I haven't felt that they were, you know, like they call themselves that now, but I don't know. Since he left, I don't even feel like they were <laughs> the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Um, and we also find out that Mark Briscoe is added to the Continental Classic Tournament. Uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That's like my next... Uh, goal on the horizon in AEW in the AEW galaxy uh at this point culminating at the world's end pay-per-view out of the three people uh, announced over the weekend Mark Briscoe was the one I was most excited for to be announced I was like fuck yeah I've been I've become a huge Mark Briscoe fan so I can't wait to see him I can't wait to see what he'll do with these matches yeah so far we've got Brian Danielson Eddie Kingston, Mark Briscoe, and Andrade. Mm -hmm. So shaping up to be a pretty great tournament, honestly. Hate to say it. I wish I knew more people were two days out. Yeah, wow. Good point. Uh, We'll talk about that. I have a lot to say when the Continental Continental Classic segment with Kingston comes up, so I'll just save it for that. Um, I couldn't remember fully at what point that happened. So remind me when we get to that. <laughs> I couldn't um, remember what point. It, it is yeah. not after, far. The, after the next match. Yeah, uh, it is yeah literally, you got Sheeta, Tony, and then you got Eddie coming out. Yep. It is literally yeah. the next match. But continue to. Cool. Uh, speaking, speaking of, we've got our AEW Women's World Championship match. Hikaru Shida versus Timeless Tony Storm. Uh, she comes out with the black and white screen. Fucking love it. Uh, we've got Sheeta and Tony Storm chopping each other. Uh, Tony Storm's chest is definitely still red and bloody from her match against Emmy Sakura. Uh, yeah, that was a great match. Love Emmy Sakura. Um, we've got Mariah May looking on backstage like a stalker. We've got Luther slipping Tony Storm some shoes and a metal plate into her trunks. We've got Sheeta hitting a Falcon Arrow for a two count. Next up, we've got Tony Storm getting Sheeta in an ankle lock, which looked really great, really brutal. But Sheeta manages to get to the ropes. Sheeta hits Luther with a kendo stick. Next up, we've got Tony Storm hitting the hip attack with the metal plate in her trunks on Sheeta for the win. Um, How did Aubrey not see that plate (laughs) clearly dangling out of her pants? But uh, we've got Mariah May coming out with flowers and gives them to Tony Storm. Uh, 
definitely a predictable match, I guess. Uh, I didn't think Tony needed the belt to be cool, but Tony Khan has a habit of pulling that trigger when someone's hot. So that's kind of why he did that, I'm sure. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Tony Storm picking up that title, Chad? Uh, it was kind of cool. Um, I would have liked to have seen Sheeta kind of continue her run. I feel like um, when they need to, she's uh, the company person and she they put it on her. Um, she's reliable, but I think they're also pretty quick to take it off of her too when something bright and shiny comes along. Uh, and I think a good, a good serious run for her probably might have been better. Uh, Tony, I think, could be entertaining without it. Uh, she's just a force of nature, and I think whatever she does, whatever program she's in, uh, doesn't necessarily need a title. But then again, there's not a whole lot of time for the women to go around on uh, Dynamite. So, um, yeah, um, I mean, as far as match order goes, this is about the perfect match to put on after uh, Mox and OC. Just a little more lighthearted and fun after all that grr, serious stuff. Uh, yet again, uh, Sheeta had did that question mark kick again. I fucking love that move, and I don't know why. It just stunning looking um and yeah i think sheeta played along i don't think the comedy spots are always her thing but uh she did pretty good in that for that kind of uh that style of match um yeah it was just kind of turn turn your brain off and um enjoy the be get sports entertained by it uh chandler uh what do you think i would agree with a lot of that um i did enjoy this one quite a lot uh i liked Tony Storm's big cheesy wind-up knockout punch, and it only got a one count because Ricardo she was like, "What the hell is this? Like, I'm not falling for this." Um, I liked her comical cheating where she had two shoes and she went and charged with one, and Aubrey took it and she just went up with the other and hit her with it, and then she tried to take off Sheeta's shoe and hit her with her own shoe. Like all that kind of malarkey, I ate up. So, but I am a lifelong WWE fan. I will admit that. Um, I'm glad Tony Storm won the title. I thought that they that was the right choice, I guess. But I also haven't seen much of Hikaru Shida, so maybe that would have been better. But I, I truly do have faith in the two Tonys here. I think whatever they're cooking with Mariah May, I think that will be good. Because I've heard a lot of great things from her from Stardom. Stardom and immediately putting her out there with her at the end of the match, I think is a sign. So I'm... I'm looking forward to this. I have good hope, or I have high hopes for this. I think uh, they could probably long-term continue with Sheeta and Tony Storm constantly chasing the, like, I'm the first four-time champion, the first five-time champion, you know, and so on. I think they should continue with that to where they're always chasing each other to finally... You know, Tony, it's like, I finally want to be the first uh, whatever time champ. Like and uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that could work long term. And uh, how do you like the uh, Tony Storm having to like readjust and start over her little uh, hip attack real quick? Like she started to go, but Sheeta wasn't. <laughs> did you catch that? She wasn't in place. Yeah. Kind of like laughed a little bit. Like, yeah, uh, 
it was good real good uh, yeah definitely great match um uh putting the belt on tony storm can't hurt <laughs> cannot hurt so uh yeah but yeah we'll keep Sheeta and Tony will keep that going on for years. I have a funny feeling. And uh, yeah, I think I'll take a quick second to remind everyone to like, subscribe, uh, comment down below. Uh, Let us know what you think of our podcast, our viewpoints, our predictions. Uh, Yeah, let us know how we're doing. Uh, do you have any theories that could be uh, fun? Let us know, too. We'll try to uh, comment back. And uh, Chad, where can people listen to our podcast? Yeah, we are also yeah. available in the audio realm. Uh, we are on, oh, no, uh, Apple, uh, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon, iHeartRadio. I think there was another one in there, and I can't remember. There's so many now. Yeah, anywhere all major podcasts are found. Uh, look us up, uh, especially good for dry, uh, for the drive, or uh, my voice will probably put your ass to sleep in a, in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing wrong with a couple guys talking about wrestling. Lull you to sleep. We'll start talking about Hangman, calling him a vampire. You'll have nightmares about that. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong. Absolutely. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Uh, getting back into the pay-per-view. Our next match is the AEW oh, World sorry. Tag Team. You told me to cut you off for the Continental Classic bit. This is where the Continental Classic bit was. So essentially, Eddie Kingston came out and they were like, oh, hey, you won your match against Jay Lethal. What's next for you? And he said, oh, I'm going to be in the continental classic and he said something interesting he gave some new information and it was pretty controversial and i'm gonna say i'm not a fan of it so he said that he's in the continental classic not a bad thing and then he said that he's gonna defend his ring of honor titles and put them on the line in every match he's in which in theory that in itself is a good idea where it's just throughout this the ring of honor title and the new japan strong title could switch hands but then it was at the end of it, the winners become the winner is going to become a triple crown champion because they're unveiling a new belt called the Continental Belt. So I think a lot of people are confused with this because it, nothing really makes sense with all of those because it's either A, Eddie Kingston defends all of the titles, but let's say he makes it 11-0 and then gets to the 12th match and loses to someone who went own 11 well, the new Ring of Honor title or Ring of Honor champion isn't going to be in the finals. So the Ring of Honor title won't be in that contendership or else he just vacates it immediately and then he's not defending them every single time. And so people were confused with that. And then they're like, wait, there's another title belt now? The Continental Championship? They're just adding another title? So I don't know about you guys. I really liked the idea of the Continental Classic just being a, these 12 guys are going to have 32 match, 33 matches, and then ev- the winner gets a title shot. That seems pretty simple, right? Yeah, but now there's... King of the Ring type thing. Like yeah. you, you can have a tournament just for having a tournament. Isn't that the G1 where you, the winner gets a title shot? I don't know much about the G1, but I think that's it. So 
what are they doing here? Do you guys have any ideas? Any? Do you guys like this idea? I, it, I was a little confused, and I think everyone else is confused. So what do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I was excited to have a tournament because I'm a sucker for a tournament, but uh, we haven't even started it yet, and I'm already feeling a little overbooked now. Uh, like, I, maybe we didn't need to throw these things in. Dave? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, they had me until the, uh, yeah, it's not only the Ring of Honor world title, but the New Japan strong open weight too that Eddie has. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so say he's in match number five and he loses. His opponent is now double champ. Yes. In theory. And then, so whoever wins the match will auto or the tournament will automatically be Ring of Honor and New Japan open weight champion, not, right? Not necessarily, because that's not how a round robin works. He could lose to somebody who who doesn't necessarily go on to win the whole thing. I think that's what Chandler okay. was saying. Yeah. 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 Okay. So they said they wanted fine. both. They said like they could become a so maybe it's they could become a triple crown champion. So yeah. they're not saying the winner of this gets the Ring of Honor title. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense, but it's also like back to my original point. You're making another title. You get Please. a title, you get a title, you get a title. When does it end? And then yeah. So the Continental title can be defended in Ring of Honor, which no one cares about, AEW, which it's an AEW belt, and New Japan, which that's the only one that's kind of cool because we don't really see that often. But I don't know. I'm not that jazzed about this anymore, guys. I hate to say this. I just, like, there's so much, like, fan booking out there where it's like, oh, you could have Swerve win this, challenge MGF for the title, you could have so-and-so win this, challenge MGF for the title. Like, that's all great. And now it's like, oh, they're just going to win this new belt? So I kind of was just like, well, either it's going to be Eddie Kingston wins or Brian Danielson wins because Brian Danielson gets all that gold. He doesn't win the AEW championship. So if anything, it feels like it's more predictable, which is exactly what we didn't want. I didn't want that. And, sorry, we're two days out. We only know four people in it. We don't even know what the first match is. We don't even know what collisions matches are. We don't know what rampage matches are. Are they going to announce that? On that note, um, any uh, any any participants you really want to see go in there? Swerve. Yeah. Yes, Swerve. Uh, I want to see Kenny Omega. I don't think he is. I think he's caught up with the stupid Chris Jericho bullshit, but... He could have gotten Kenny Omega in so many good matches. Um, maybe like Adam uh, Copeland. Adam Copeland would be interesting. Maybe like uh, who did I just think? I, Christian Cage. No, he has a title. I don't think he should have any more people with titles in this. That would really complicate things. Roddy. Ooh, yeah. If he's okay, um, I would say Samoa Joe, but he's probably too caught up in this MJF stuff. So no. Yeah, no, um, he just relinquished a title because he was kind of below what he wanted to go after anyway. So Yeah, it seems like his sights are on the AEW world title. Um, 
I mean, if it was for a title shot, he'd go in, wreck fools, and win the whole thing, and then go get his title shot. Yeah, again, it's like you doing this for a title really narrows who's in it now, in my opinion. So maybe they'll pull it out the bag. Oh, sorry. Uh, Tony Khan says on Twitter, this Wednesday, Thanksgiving Eve, AEW Continental Classic Selection Special. All 12 fighters announced. Interviews plus more. The selection special streams this Wednesday, that same night. So is this is a special Continental Classic special hosted by Tony Schiavone and Tony Khan um, on Dynamite. Okay, weird. I'll just watch Dynamite and wait for something to happen. I think that's we have no. Yeah, just let it play out. I guess. Don't say that. Don't you say (laughs) that? I hate those. That's what they told me to do with Cody. I'm still waiting. I'm still letting this shit play out. Uh, All right. That's okay. I'll say that I was pretty bummed about that Continental Classic segment. This next match, who boy made up for it. Yeah, we've got our AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Ricky Starks and Big Bill, the current champs, versus FTR. Roosh and Drillistico versus Malachi Black and Brody King. This was a fun, brutal match. Everybody looked good. Everyone got their shit in. Uh, We've got Drillistico diving on a on the pile after cash dives on a pile of bodies uh we got cash suplexes ricky starks on the pile of wrestlers we got big bill and brody king slapping meat (laughs) we get meat chants during that little part there we get dax and roosh uh See duel with ladders. It was kind of kind of a cool spot. We get Dax Harwood spinning around the ring with a ladder around his neck, uh, hitting everyone. We get Roosh uh, kicks Cash Wheeler in the head. He does his little uh, pose on the ground on or on the ring. We get Malachi Black uh, slingshotting a ladder off the ropes into Cash's face. That was so cool. Never seen that before. And it went right uh, back to uh, its spot like it knew what it was supposed to do. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, we get a pile driver to Malachi Black from Cash Wheeler onto a ladder. Uh, Ricky Starks uh, taking out everyone in the ring. Ricky had a really cool moment. He looked really good. Uh, did a move to literally everyone. Uh, we get a insane Gonzo bomb from Brody King to uh, to Drillistico onto a ladder that is uh, propped up against the ring in the barricade. Uh, we get Cash Wheeler doing a big crossbody off the top rope to Brody King from. Uh, or onto the ladder. 
Woo. Uh, we get Ricky Starks hitting uh, Cash on the head with a with the uh, swinging belt uh, dangling from the top of the ring, and Ricky Starks grabs the belt and they win the match. Uh, they retain the tag team championship. Uh, great match, uh, brutal ladder match. Like AEW uh, since day one, ladder matches are very brutal. Like they're doing doing spots that. They really shouldn't be doing uh, the Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks that ladder match early on in AEW. Whoo! What what a classic! Uh, they haven't put one on yet that has matched that in my mind. But uh, yeah, beautiful match. Uh, what do you think of uh, Ricky and Big Bill retaining, Chad? Oh, I loved it. Um, a, that was my pick. So hell yeah. Um, but no, I think I think these two got a lot of more gas in the tank and some good stories to tell. Uh, and they're really good, a good pair of people for people to be chasing. Uh, their skill, like really good dynamic. Uh, you know, you got the the classic big man, and then just the really good technical guy. A um, little bit of a take here, but. Uh, Kind of like when uh, a certain chick magnet punk uh, was talking about um, Darby's uh, Darby's uh, suicide dive. Same thing for Ricky's um, spear, man. Nobody else should try it anymore. Ricky's got just a badass looking spear. Sorry, Roman. You got to stop. Find a new pad, move a doom. Roman's not even the best spear. Ugh. Who is? Maybe Ricky, but I, I, I Ricky's up there. Yeah, I have. I used to have like a really solid answer, like Bobby Lashley. Maybe not, but I can't remember it right now. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, uh, loving that. Loving that. Uh, can't help but wonder if uh, Big Bill misses his old tag team partner, uh, Enzo Amore. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no. Did Enzo Amore win the Owen Hart tournament? Probably not. Would he ever in his life win the Owen Hart tournament? No. Uh, I mean, on a playthrough on 2K, maybe. <laughs> they uh, added that in Fight Forever yet. You can get an Enzo. You can make yeah. a little creative character. You can relive your moments. Uh, but no, I loved I loved uh, Big Bill and Brody squaring off at the beginning there. And like, holy crap, Brody Lee or Brody. Wow, Lee, that's sad. Brody uh, looks small. But I was like, oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was a fun car crash of a match. Uh, both Big Bill and Ricky, everybody had a great showing. Uh, you know, uh, want to see LFI win some gold at some point. Happy they didn't hear, but they got, they, they looked really good. Uh, yeah, the Malachi uh, slingshot was awesome. Definitely worth re mentioning. Uh, we saw a pile driver onto a ladder. Fuck, you guys are crazy. Uh, yeah, all in all, um, uh, uh, I had an uh, underlined here, so many murders on this pay-per-view. A uh, lot of really good violent matches. This one was a car crash. Coming up, we had a few more. Uh, you know, those were definitely some of my highlights. Uh, Chandler, what do you think? Oof. So before I get too far into this, what was your guys' MVP for this match specifically? Because mm -hmm. I have my answer, but I want to hear your guys' first. 
Good question. Dave, you got anything? I think uh, Drillistico made a great showing. He elevated himself, you know, to the level of the other guys in the match. Maybe before this, you know, not too much. But, yeah, I think he really uh, came into play. Yeah, that's a good one. Huh. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I feel like Ricky did a good job. I wouldn't call him the MVP, though, because like, he he did the old, like, hang around in the background and then just pop up whenever uh, he needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to say Roosh just because I love that spot where he put the ladder across and did the bull's horns right into the ladder. That was fucking cool. So uh, just based off of one move, I'll say Roosh. For me, it was Brody King. I loved him in this match. This was like the first time I've really seen him be highlighted so well. I just thought he was a monster. That bump he took where they threw their ladder right at his face, and he was just gushing blood. Uh, With the white face paint, that looked awesome. Yeah, I I fucking loved him in this match. Every time he was going crazy, he was like, oh, shit, this is where the House of Black win. This is it. And then someone would stop him. But, man, I thought he was incredible this match. But... Yeah, I don't really have much more to say than you guys did, but I loved this match. Um, The first five minutes, I kind of didn't like because it felt like that old JR tweet where he was like, all these modern wrestlers just get around, stand like pheasants and wait for their spot to hit. And that's what like it kind of felt because everyone's just doing dives. But as soon as we got past that, it was great. Like, I really, really enjoyed this match. It really woke me up for this pay-per-view. Like, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. This is like... This is what I was waiting for. And also what I was waiting for was a ladder match in AEW because I've heard they've been great. And finally we got one. And yeah, it was great. So, and a perfect ending where uh, Starks just clonked, I think, Dax with the tag belt. Cash? Okay. Cash. He clonked Cash with the belt. I've never seen that. And that's such a simple yet like, yeah, no brainer. Clonk him with the title belt and they took it. And I like, Going in, I was like, I think I want Starks and Bill to lose because it's not like I don't like them with the belts, but I want an actual tag team to hold them, and I want Starks to go after singles gold. But after this, I was like, no, Starks and Big Bill are a good tag team. They were really effective together. Again, Big Bill was excellent in this match. I would have never said something like that five years ago, but yeah, excellent match all around. One of the, one of probably yeah, like the worst booked matches going in, but really nailed it in the end. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely loved it, loved it. Uh, I wanted Malachi and Brody to come out on top, but I think the right decision was made, keeping it with Ricky and Big Bill. Yeah, absolutely. I say I want to say I'm excited for what happens next, but I have a like a gut feeling of what's happened, what's going to happen next, and I, I hate it. So, we'll get there. Um. Well, um. One good match uh, led to what I thought was a really great match. Uh, yeah. For me, this one coming up, take Hangman out of it. This was match of the night. Really? I would say the Hangman's swerve match aside, the tag match was my favorite match of the night, but this is my third favorite match. Yeah, it was was really well done. Dave, you mind starting us off? 
Yeah, we've got the TBS championship match. Uh, the current champion, Chris Statlander, uh, in a triple threat against Julia Hart and Sky Blue. Um, early in the match, we get tandem thrust kicks from Sky Blue and Julia Hart to Statlander. It kind of seems like they might be uh, cooperating somewhat. Uh, kind of doing a little double teaming to Statlander. Uh, and then Sky offers her hand to Julia Hart. Julia Hart accepts it, but then immediately hits her. Uh, all three men, women were aggressive. Julia Hart looks like a million bucks. Uh, Sky Blue and Julia have improved so much in 2023. Uh, I can't say that enough. They've really put in the work, their gimmick, their looks are great. They've uh, been training clearly. Uh, yeah, we get Statlander breaking up a pin after Julia hits the top rope moonsault to Sky Blue. We get Sky Blue hitting a beautiful code blue for a two count. Uh, she definitely made up for that shitty one on uh, Dynamite last week. Yeah, where she got uh, like half of it. Yeah, she uh, she got all of it this time, and you could you could see it in her face that how happy and relieved she was that she knew it looked good. Like mm -hmm. you could literally see that in her face. Yeah, it was picture um, perfect. Yeah, uh, Statlander suplexes Sky. Uh, and uh, Sky Blue and Julia Hart multiple times uh, getting the crowd really fired up. Statlander hits the Saturday Night Fever. Uh, Julia comes in and hits Statlander with a running lariat and steals the win, kind of, and gets a three count on Sky Blue. We've got a new TBS champion. Um, Little pet peeve. I hate it when a champion or a new champion rather holds the belt up upside down. <laughs> that happened. Uh, but nonetheless, like good call. Uh Statlander was definitely starting to get stale in her title run. We needed a change. Uh yeah, definitely happy with that outcome. Julia Hart's gonna definitely be a force to be reckoned with, I think. Uh yeah, how do you feel about it, Chandler? Uh yeah, I would agree. It was a really fun match. My first big positive note was Sky Blue changed her gear because I think they said that on Dynamite where I was like, they're doing this goth gimmick, but it just doesn't work for her ring gear because it's all Scooby Doo and flowery. And then immediately she comes out with this great new gothic gear. I was like, hell yeah! And then like the crowd was real tired, but I mean, following that tag match, I don't blame them. But like halfway through, they were like, oh, shit, this is really good, too. Like, we need to, like, appreciate this. And I don't really have much else to say about the match. But I kind of had like a bad feeling throughout, like, oh, Chris is just going to win this. Like, ugh. so I was a little bit downtrodden on her. But she was she looked great in the match. Sky Blue, as you said, looked great, too, with her amazing code blue. And then again, I think I had two matches in a row with my notes just being great. end because you have Juliet kicking Chris off and then like in the same move covering sky blue for the three, like 
not playing around. So the right call protects Chris. You could lead up to that rematch where Julia Hart beats her clean this time. So I'm all for it. What did you think, Chad? Oh, yeah. Um, for, uh, as I've said before, I'm a reformed goth, goth kid. So uh, I was definitely kind of smitten having two goth girls in that one. I was like, hell yeah uh but no the wrestling was great it was very physical um all the entrances too like sky blue coming out she still had the hat on takes it off stomps on it puts on the crown uh julia's entrance has looked like a million bucks since wrestle dream sky uh, statlander looked great like i i thought yeah from front to back the packaging they took the they were taking this mass match very seriously and uh everybody delivered it was hard hitting um everybody played their characters too like you know sometimes you get those people who have kind of gimmicky characters then they get into the wrestling match then they have a wrestling match but i felt like everybody's wrestling style kind of works with their characters so well so and uh yeah statlander's uh two deadlift german suplexes were fucking on point that looked badass uh then yeah a clever finish that sliding clothesline and like with the cover-up like you said it was like one fluid move it was uh it was like holy crap that's done now and uh yeah i was pretty i was pretty happy with the outcome even though i lost the uh the predictions you know what uh, you said where you were like i hate that staying is 20 years older than me and moving that they're at i hate that julia hart is a year younger than me and she's where she's at like i'm mad hey you're gonna be an internet celebrity here any minute now yes sir but yeah just fantastic match fantastic ending um really excited for what comes next here yeah no uh geez i feel sorry for whoever had to uh follow that um they had a lot to live up to yeah gee i i think they really botched it this next match i mean what did you think dave um yeah what a match like i'm firmly in julia hart's corner um anything she does i'm into uh sky blue again i'm i'm a big fan and i'm gonna be keeping an eye out for red velvet like i'm really thrilled to get her back and her skill level has gone through the roof since you know before and uh, yeah, re- really great. I guess we'll get into uh, the next match, huh? There was one thing in between this. You want to talk about it? Because it is a prediction you got right, Dave. Um, the big star. Remind me of it. Big contract signing. Oh, yeah, I forgot all. Yeah. Uh, we got, yeah, Will Ospreay is the blockbuster AEW signing. Uh, that's what I predicted. And uh the exact thing happened that I predicted too, that new Japan was going to be totally okay with it. Um, they just wanted him to finish out his time with them. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm sure the WWE is definitely uh, a little, little salty about that. Uh, they were definitely interested in him. Um, yeah. Good move. Like he's going to have, more opportunity, more fun, more freedom, more creativity in AEW, I believe. Um, and I think he's going to be featured pretty prominently every year when they go to 
London for All In. I think Will Ospreay will be like the poster child of All In for the company. But yeah, they're definitely getting him in his prime. Also, he's got many years left of great in-ring ability. Uh, yeah, I'm all for it. How do you feel about it, Chad? Oh, yeah, he's... Oh, man, it's going to be just dream match after dream match. Uh, I can't even begin to think of what he's going to do at Revolution. But, uh, yeah, extremely stoked. Uh, happy I was wrong on that prediction because... Uh, I fell for it when I was like, oh, his contract's not up till February. They're not going to bring him in. And then started thinking other roads. So uh, I got pleasantly swerved and uh, was happy about it. Uh, Chandler? So I was like 0.1% disappointed. And it's only because I'm a fan of both. And so in an idyllic world, I wanted Will Ospreay to go to both. I could not like, I could not decide whether I would want Will Ospreay to go to either because you have like, Someone like AJ Styles, who's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, mostly because his first couple of years were really good. He had a clean win over John Cena. He had a year-long reign with the WWE Championship. Like, you can do these guys well. And I think you would have done Will Ospreay as well or even better. However, I do think AEW is the right call for Will Ospreay. That's where I think he'll be able to be, like you guys said, the most free. And he'll have probably the best matches. So... I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, I like, I respect the man for being like, you know, I've been with New Japan for eight years. I signed with them when I was 22. I just need a few more months to finish this up, but I'll promise you I'll be at Revolution. I really loved his little ending there. So I'm stoked. I think he'll be a fucking, I think he'll be the man in AEW. I think he'll be able to have a spotlight that, you know, I don't watch New Japan, so I don't know truly its reach, but. I think in AEW, he'll be able to do anything. So, great move for them. Can't wait to see him. Yeah, bruv. Oh, <laughs> bruv? Yeah, bruv. I've got too, got too much, bruv. Too much. You can wait. Uh, how do you feeling about it, Chad? Oh, um, yeah, like I already said, it was, I'm stoked. Um, already fantasy, fantasy booking. Uh, Shit, him and Swerve, him and Adam Cole when he gets healthy. Like, oh, we'll get to the Swerve bucking. All the uh, all of the dream matches. Uh, can hardly wait. Um, yeah. Any uh, any ideas on um, who who will get for Revolution? Omega Osprey three. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I totally mark out over that. Dave, you got anything? My initial gut feeling would be a program with uh, Hangman Page. Oh, is Hangman the new gatekeeper? That would be good. I just yeah. don't want Hangman to lose because he just lost very convincing, not very convincingly, but he just lost a big match. So kind of don't want him to keep losing, but Page would be a good person for Osprey to be. You're right. They would. Whoever it is would have to lose have to you can't you can't have osprey lose for like two years in aew like that would be stupid what's as stupid as having cody lose to roman in the main event like that's just stupid <laughs> um yeah so we're gonna get into for me match of the night match of the year uh match of the universe 
um, Hangman Page versus Swerve Strickland in a Texas death match. Good God. Uh, we've got duct tape involved with uh, Hangman Page taping Swerve's hands together. We get a staple gun involved with Hangman Page stapling all over Swerve. He uh, stapled a finger painting from his young son onto Swerve's cheek. Uh, <laughs> we've got blood pouring, pouring out of Swerve. And then we get Adam Page getting underneath Swerve and proceeding to drink his blood. And he's pouring it out right like in his mouth. <laughs> uh, good Lord. Like, I have never seen anything near that in a death match or heard of anything like that at all. Um, it really, like, I'm not going to lie, I kind of dry heaved a little bit when I watched it live. <laughs> uh, I, I got over it, like, really quick. I was like, okay, ugh, this is gross, but okay, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, it really, uh, that was a moment. Like, that was a moment in wrestling history. Like, to me, that was like fucking Foley going through the cage with Undertaker. Like, dude, like that drinking blood on a live pay-per-view? Mm. Get out of here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that happened. Um, That's like five minutes into the match. 30 seconds in, he wailed on him with a buckshot. Like, yeah, that's where, like, this match had insane pacing. My God. Uh, I, Are we going to find out? Dave's going to continue with his uh, recap, but I had to just talk about this spot. Uh, when the little black bag came out, who else got swerved? When, like, that's not tax. Oh, I'll get into that, but I was like, oh, that's <laughs> fucking tax. I hate thumbtack spots. Like, in the good way, but it's all yeah. like, oh, oh, I don't want to see that because you feel it. You're like, oh, oh, no, that's way worse. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Dave, continue. Um, at one point, Swerve regains control and he <laughs> staples himself. Uh, that was kind of cool. We get barbed wire introduced to the match uh, to Adam Page's forehead. We get a Death Valley driver to Hangman um, on the ring apron on a cinder block. Woo! We get just blood pouring out of Swerve Strickland's head. Uh, Swerve delivers a pile driver to Hangman Page on the <laughs> on the barricade <laughs> like what how how <laughs> what are these men on yeah. who thought that hangman walking around a ringside like i bet you i can pile drive somebody on that thing um i did notice they had possibly two doubled up to make them a little wider than normal i think how they pulled that off um we get hangman page hitting a uh moonsault to swerve from the top rope onto the floor 
with a barbed wire chair <laughs> fully connecting with it um next up we got a tombstone pile driver from adam page on swerve strickland onto that barbed wire chair swerve does a 450 splash on the hangman with broken glass on hangman's back uh that was that little black bag the contents of um we get prince nana pulling swerve out of the ring we get brian cage coming out and attacking hangman page hangman page gives the dead eye to prince nana onto a table onto the floor off the apron uh yeah that was a pretty big bump for him to take uh we get stir uh swerve um hanging hangman page with a metal chain uh for the 10 count win jesus uh most brutal bloody violent death match i've ever witnessed uh i'm pretty sure that will have to be going down in history <laughs> as something special uh yeah match of the year i uh i wrote down here when swerve uh was going back through the tunnel you could see staples all over yeah, all over his body cheek was awesome yep uh yeah uh chandler i know how much you cherish swerve strickland uh tell me all about what you think so i'm gonna talk for this a while on this match so i wanted to actually hop over to chad for a bit so chad do you have anything you want to add real quick that's hilarious. In my notes, about halfway through this match, I actually have the words written. I'm curious as to what Chandler thinks. I'll get into it, but I really <laughs> want to know, Chad, what did you think? Uh, yeah, so as you guys know, I love this shit. Um, I watched the Saw movies. Uh, so I was all about this. Uh, my wife was sitting in the room watching this with me, and she like, got up and left for a little while. She's like, this is not for me. And I was just like cheering and hooting and hollering the whole time. Uh, let's see here. Uh, rewinding all the way back to the start. Swerve got the million dollar entrance. This is oh, yeah. dancers. That was fire. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Hangman, I don't need a fucking entrance. I just want your blood. And he got it quite literally. Um, yeah, I mean, no, no. Uh, no surprise here i was i was in love with this um my notes were pretty um gibberishy because i was so into this match and i typed them and apparently there was a lot of uh finger mashing some of these words don't make sense anymore uh yeah moonsault with the barbed chair the barbed wire chair what the hell that's cool uh yeah it was just visually stunning violence uh the camera coup got it right the end sequence how he just kind of came around so you could see his uh it's totally our thumbnail too which is uh you see just uh swerves crimson mask pulling on him and you can see both their faces right next to each other uh yeah fuck yeah remember remember at the beginning of aw they'd have matches like this and you would be like i don't even know what's going on i feel like their production crew got every single point they like shot just perfectly um the the technical direction was just great they didn't miss a single moment 
uh yeah two very enthusiastic thumbs up if this doesn't get match of the year um i'm interested to see what other matches we have this year not much a year left all right on to on to chandler now we get to hang out and we'll let him do all the work so i was pretty disappointed in this match didn't really live up to my expectations i'm kidding i fucking loved this match <laughs> this is my first death match i've ever seen so i was like "Ooh, i wonder i wonder what i'm gonna get into this you know and so I was watching this whole pay-per-view by myself, and I got up to where, like, Hangman started stapling him all his duct, all his duct tape. And I was like, oh, this is how this is going to go. Like, this is gross. And I, like, I got a friend, I got a message from my friend on Discord, and he said, hey, join VC. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll take a little bit of a break. I'm kind of getting tired, and I want to really enjoy this match. So I paused it. We were bullshitting for, like, five, ten minutes. I was like, so are we going to do something? And they're like, no. And I was like, so I'm just going to watch this match. And I was streaming it to them. And this is what I said earlier about you show fantastic wrestling to people who don't like it. They'll love it. Like they'll, it it pierces through that veil of, Oh, this isn't fake. This is like lame. This is like, Oh no, this is real. They're beating the shit out of each other for real. And it got to them because this match was so fucking good for me. What like turned this match up a notch was really early where you know, you have Hangman stapling, swerve, always duct taped, and they're like, oh, that's gross. And then he starts no-sewing them when he's got his hands free. It's like, oh, shit. Like, swerve is a scary man. And then he knocks him down, and he starts stapling himself. Like, I got fucking chills when that happened, guys. Like, for me, that was, like, the moment where Kenny Omega kicked out of the one-wing angel at one at Forbidden Door this year, where the match goes from, like, a, oh, this is really cool to, like, a, oh, this is like a once-in-a-lifetime match. This is a, you pay attention to this match. Like, and that was five minutes in. So I was just going insane, and my friends were going insane, and they kept on being like, dude, it, like, like, I thought that was fake blood, but they keep bleeding. They just keep bleeding. They just keep, like, hurting themselves more and more, and you look at the ring, and it's a Picasso painting, and it's beautiful. So... I don't know if I can just like, I'll just name the spots you guys did, but I loved everything about this match where uh, Swerve was hitting Hangman in the back with the ch- uh, in the back with the chair and barbed wire, and the barbed wire wrapped around Hangman's face and it went back with Ooh. him like disgusting. And then uh, Hangman was doing his fall away slams, and I loved how commentary was like. He's not getting up from that. He's not kipping up like he typically does. Like they were just selling the brutality. So even something as simple as a fall away slam in this brilliant match is like, oh shit. Like there's great storytelling here. My like, and then just the ending where it was poetic because Hangman entered the year with a win over uh, Moxley by choking him. And he, maybe he ends the year with being choked out by Swerve. And even at the end, he had that Hulk Hogan like, flourish a movement like oh maybe he can get up he was stern at nine and then his 10 rolled around he couldn't do it like i thought that was brilliant it protected page because my god how much did it take to kill him to finally put him down and i mean like if you don't have swerve beat mjf for the title what are you doing like the, I, I i don't accept anything else like you said do a moxley program maybe for the title after swerve has won it but I, I genuinely do think if you do anything else with Swerve other than have him immediately go for the title or have him start challenging for the title, you have 
like squandered his momentum. That's how amazing this match was. That's how amazing Swerve was. Of course, Hangman was awesome in this match. Like, I, I never thought I'd be as big of a fan of Hangman as I am right now. Like, he is incredible. And he still lost. Like, my God. My God. Yeah. And then when both, he was... Both wrestlers ended up winning because, yes. holy shit. When he was going to dead-eye Nana and Nana was doing his little dance, like, hey, you won't do that. You'll calm down. Like, come on, man. I'm just having a fun time. Like, And, like, Nana saving Swerve at the last second. Oh, it was, per- like, yeah. it was perfect. It was perfect. I don't know what you would change, and this is one of my favorite matches of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I actually watched it three times now, all wow. the way through. Uh, yeah, I I watched the pay per view, and then I rewatched it to get better notes because I had a friend over and I couldn't really like ignore him <laughs> to write really good notes. So yeah, and then I I had uh I had to rewatch the last three matches again to get a few better notes to make sure I had everything right. So yeah, I watched, watched it three times for sure. Um, yeah, great match, uh, match of the year. Um, I agree with you Chandler, anything, um, shy of swerve winning that belt (laughs) is going to be the wrong choice. So uh, whatever they do end up doing, if it isn't Swerve, I'll probably eventually get behind it, but we'll all know deep down what should have happened. <laughs> it, again, it makes uh, me really excited for Dynamite because it's like, well, do we get to hear from Swerve? What's he going to do? Is he going to challenge someone? So, uh, again, one of the best things I've ever fucking seen. My friends were like, is this what wrestling's like? And I was like, no, guys, like, like this is a once in a lifetime thing. This shit doesn't happen often. So like I'm gonna appreciate this shit. I'm gonna mark out a little bit. So just deal with it. But again, like I said, they were having a fucking great time. They're like everything. They're like broken glass, barbed wire. Like every time anyone brought out barbed wire, they were like, oh no. Oh no. So perfect. Yeah, I don't envy Absolutely. Tony Khan because, you know, he's he seems to be have a good, decent plan going with, uh, you know, the MGF program and stuff. And it's like, well, fuck, like, I really got to keep going with this guy now. Sorry, MJF. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'll be fun to see where we go with uh, with Swerve after this. Um but after that, we get a title shot versus disbandment match. Golden Jets, Kenny Omega, and Chris Jericho versus the Young Bucks. Before you um, get too far, Dave, I want to point out Chris Jericho himself requested he follow Swerve and Page because he felt like he could keep the momentum going. Do you guys believe? Do you guys agree with that? That's funny. Um, I, I don't think he kept the momentum going. I, I would give that credit to Kenny Omega, honestly. Yeah. 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 I think, I think, uh, 
I think they slowed it, slowed it way down, and um, everybody needed that breather. And until Kenny Omega had that final push at the end, it was kind of, I, I honestly couldn't even really tell you too much of what happened during that match because I was I had a hard time paying attention. I just wanted to point that out before Dave got too far into his notes that Chris Jericho specifically wanted to follow this matchup. So I'll get into how I feel, but Dave, how did it play out? Well, um, little overall uh, feeling about it. I thought it was a good match. Uh, Young Bucks always deliver for me anyway. Um, I like seeing the full heel Young Bucks. I prefer that over uh, goofy baby face Young Bucks. Um, and one point early in the match, we get Omega getting a blind tag to Jericho while Jericho's chopping Matt Jackson in the corner. Uh, Omega kind of, by making that blind tag, he's like, all right, Jericho, take a break for a second. Uh, I thought that was kind of a cool moment in the match. Uh, we get... Um, the Young Bucks targeting Jericho's arm so he couldn't do the Judas effect. At one point, Nick Jackson hits the Judas effect. Uh, we get all of our usual Young Bucks diving and jumping and big spots and Meltzer drivers and all that fun stuff that we come to expect from the Young Bucks. But in the end... Uh, Kenny prevailed with the one-winged angel. Um, Kenny kind of proved to me, too, that he can take on both the Young Bucks at the same time and kick their ass. So uh, that really did prove a lot in my mind. So uh, we get the Young Bucks throwing a tantrum outside the ring and today i heard that they are taking some time off from wrestling so uh yeah and definitely no more bte chad yeah i know my mondays have have not been quite the same for months now and i, I keep wondering if i'm just going crazy or what but uh all right well confirmed i guess mm -hmm. uh brandon cutler confirmed uh, uh yeah uh, fun match real fun match I, uh, it definitely didn't do whatever Jericho wanted it to do, I guess, <laughs> but, uh, it was fun. It kept me entertained. It, it was, you know, we were all a little exhausted from, uh, the death match before it, but yeah, it, uh, it didn't disappoint me. I love the young bucks. I love Kenny Jericho. I could take it or leave it. I'm just happy i get to see him he's still wrestling uh i've been watching him since i was pretty young like 10 11 uh but yeah how do you feel about your favorite wrestler chris jericho chandler so i mean i i had like nothing to say for the first 10 minutes of this match like i was watching it and i was like i should be taking notes but like about what because it's just the young bucks working over jericho's right arm which that's good heel stuff. It felt a lot like a modern Roman Reigns match where he just kind of works over the baby face for a while. And then when the baby face starts getting fired up, it was like, then the match gets good. 
And in this case, it was just Kenny Omega started wrestling. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy this match. Um, I don't like that Chris Jericho has a tag title shot, and I really don't like the thought of him beating Ricky Starks and Big Bill because I actually really Ooh, like them. Win- so that's, they're winning. I don't want that. Why? But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say about this match. It was fine. Um, Jericho landed on his head when he did his lion salt. Maybe he should stop doing that. Uh, one of the Bucks hit a double Northern Light suplex. That looked really good. Um, I love the Yux's, or the Bucks' low blow spot where they did it to Jericho and then they waited for the ref to go around and then they did it to Kenny because they're like, oh, yep, we're, we're at this point. So again, I can't believe it took Jericho for me to start liking the Young Bucks, but now I really like the Young Bucks. Um, Jericho kicked out of the BTE trigger, which I thought was really protected. So I wrote that down. Uh, Jericho's low blow looked like shit. Um, and then the one we get angel that Mac Jackson did to Kenny was really cool. I was like, Oh, that, that's not the end, but that's still cool that he did it. Um, yeah. At least Kenny won. Cause Kenny Omega is fucking awesome. And I think like, if I can be positive, Kenny Omega was great in this. He's one of the best wrestlers. He's wrestling with some of his best friends who are also some great wrestlers. Like, Yeah. Kenny and the young bucks had a great two on one handicap match and Jericho sometimes interfered. What did you think, Chad? I think that's the best explanation I've heard of that match so far. Um, yeah, my favorite note there was uh, the only person that can kick out of the one wing in Angel is Kenny. Uh, yeah, I thought that I thought that spot specifically was fucking awesome. Uh, the Bucks getting booed in L.A. was also pretty cool. Um, I think they all did their jobs. I'm kind of curious to see what the Bucks are up to, uh, how much of them wandering off as kayfabe are they going on vacation what's up you know you're always kind of want to know those weird inside things i Um, loved their temper changer i thought it was so silly and funny i was like these are the evps right and they're throwing hissy fits yeah i wrote i wrote they're not mad about the tag title shots they're mad that ko is still wasting his time with jericho which at that point i'm with the young bucks oh yeah exactly that's um yeah, they, they do melodramatic overblown so well. <laughs> just like kind of annoyed, but you're also like, oh, you're so cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's everything I wanted it to be. I thought they wrestled that pretty smart too. Like they didn't come out uh, guns a blazing. They knew they had to do slow build to get the crowd back because uh, uh, after that last match, it was just like, what do you what do you do after when you're the guy who has to follow that? Which mm-hmm. uh, just yeah, uh, start slow, then let Kenny do his thing. Uh, yeah, kind of like you. It was a wrestling match. Uh, it was good. <laughs> this is where my controversial take comes in. Are you guys ready for it? Do it. Yeah. AEW does not need the elite anymore. I think. Mm. I think AEW's roster is too big. I think there's too many other top stars that I want to see in their position, and. It's not like I don't want to see him. I just think that specifically AEW, maybe. I think that Kenny and the Bucks should have pulled a Cody. Should have gone to double double E. I think they would have been like, look at how Cody has been seen. He is their biggest star right now. Like Roman Reigns is this weird amalgamation, but Cody Rhodes is undoubtedly the biggest star in WWE right now. He's I think he's the number one merch seller. So I think 
you could have done something like that with Kenny in the box, like have them work a bit more of a reduced glider schedule and have them be heroes in this new promotion. Whereas, and I guess my point is like, well, what's next for Kenny and the Young Bucks? Because it seems like Kenny's just going to team with Jericho, which I'm not very excited about. But even if that was happening, like it doesn't seem like Omega's going to be the top star again anytime soon. It seems like it's not going to be his time anytime soon because we're all saying swerve. And then when it's swerve, it's going to be Osprey. And then that's six or eight months down the line. Why are we thinking about who should be Osprey? But right you see my point here yeah no um when AEW first started uh the bucks and kenny uh weren't doing a whole lot they were trying to put the new guys over and uh then i feel like they realized they needed to step up and they sort of became the main characters of AEW um and i think maybe you're right they're at that point now where maybe they don't need to uh goal accomplished they started a company and it's going now um they are also EVPs. They have other responsibilities. Maybe it's time for them to concentrate on those uh, a little more. They can do more. Maybe help Tony Khan with the booking. Maybe things won't get so goofy. Hmm? I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Dave? I mean, I feel like if Kenny and the Bucks actually did leave, that would have been such a negative thing to happen to AEW as a whole that would have reverberated uh far beyond you know AEW and I think that really would have damaged the company like beyond repair honestly um all elite wrestling with no members of the elite left like that would have I don't think that would have been great but, That's a uh, good point. I mean, the elite, they're going to get back together. Like, they're going to be getting back together until they're all old and retired doing shit like DX reunions and NWO reunions. Like, that shit will be happening for Christian ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Yeah, the elite. I I like the the ooh the elite broke up. Ooh, are the elite gonna get back together? Like they they kind of slow roll that, but they've kind of come full circle a couple times now, and I find that to be kind of a staple of AEW in a way. I don't know. I just yeah. I thought that was just a good talking point. Maybe not. I don't believe. I don't think they should quit i don't think they should leave i'm perfectly fine with where they're at of course i want to see kenny omega do kenny omega things and you know the idea of them having to fire one of their biggest stars in cm punk in the same year all of their evps have left that would be a real bad look so maybe if AEW was in their peak days this would be a bit more like a serious topic but I just feel like if you could somehow separate the EVP from the wrestler and you could get the wrestler into somewhere else, I, I would want something like that. But I just kind of thought that was interesting. Uh, and also, I've, I just heard some other discourse where people just feel kind of tired with how the Young Bucks have been. And it's always like, who's friends with the Young Bucks is the gimmick. So I don't know. just thought that was well, interesting. Friends wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, next up, we've got our main event. Um, technically, Adam Cole versus Jay White. 
Yeah, Bleacher Until... Report even changed their graphic on the pay-per-view. That was funny. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, yeah, we got Adam Cole versus Jay White until it wasn't. <laughs> We've got Adam Cole in the ring, uh, match about to start. MJ, we hear sirens um, start to wail. Uh, we get Scott Steiner. No, uh, <laughs> we Big get MJF. Dri- He's going to yeah, humble Jay White. Pick. Yep. Uh, we got MJF driving up in a presumably stolen ambulance. Uh, MJF gets in the ring. He wants to wrestle. Uh, he's selling a leg injury. At one point, the guns get ejected after getting caught attacking MJF by the ref. MJF elbow drops Jay White on the announcer table uh, after it fell. Uh, I think he recovered pretty well from that. It still looked great. Uh, we got Adam Cole. Teasing, throwing in the towel when MJF gets put in the figure four leg leg lock by Jay White. MJF ends up flipping over and reversing the pressure on that figure four. Uh, we get Adam Cole trying to hit Jay White with the Ring of Honor tag belt, but is so weak and injured that Jay White just takes it out of his hand. <laughs> Oh, I loved that uh, spot. I thought that was great. Uh, it didn't Yoink. seem real realistic to me. I guess. Um, let's see. Adam Cole puts the dynamite diamond ring on the ring apron and backs away, intending for MJF to get the ring. This what do you know? Jay, Jay White grabs the ring while Adam Cole hobbles back to the apron trying to get it from him like why did he back up so damn far away uh, he's the devil um uh mjf steals the ring and hits jay white with it the ref wakes up and mjf wins with the three count we get no devil which is what i predicted uh, a lot of people felt let down by that I just didn't think it was time to let that happen. And if it is Adam Cole, they can't do it yet anyway. I do like how, uh, yeah, I just felt like the belt spot and the the diamond ring spot were just like in the towel. Like, clearly Adam Cole's the fucking devil. Like, all of it is making... It's adding up, you know what I mean? We didn't see the devil because Adam Cole was, was on screen. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I uh I got a few questions, you know, about this match and the whole angle in general. Like, why did Tony Khan allow any of it to happen? <laughs> uh he let an injured man wrestle for an injured man, Adam Cole. Uh, yeah, I already touched on that. He's in the room, so the devil couldn't show. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to uh, what happens now. Dynamite should be pretty cool. It's kind of like they, uh, you know, took took everybody, shook them up, and now they can 
everything can uh yeah this fresh. next paper pay-per-view so. cycle is gonna be real interesting yeah yeah i'm glad we have a pay-per-view right around the corner i'm pretty happy about that a little more, over a month away what did you think of the match chad um yeah i touched on it at the beginning of the thing but um uh, it was uh a fun combination of really good kind of dramatic wrestling and goofy wrestling shit. Uh, you know, it was silliness. It was baffling. Uh, definitely a lot of logic holes. Uh, but the other day, I still kind of loved it. Um, I don't know. Something about once MJF started getting fired up and fighting back and that jump off the uh, to the outside. Um uh, I still got hooked. Uh, did you guys watch the press conference after at all? Oh, MGF was no. like crying. Like it was uh, about that. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. I watched a bit of it. And, um, yeah, it was worth a watch. Uh, yeah, he's like going on like just how all this stuff means so much to him. AEW means so much to him. Oh, and I really fucking hurt. <laughs> it was it was really good. Uh, While eating pickles, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, every time he took a bite of a pickle, he kind of perk up and feel better for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's funny. For as uh, cynical as I can get sometimes about this stuff, I still love this shit. Uh, um, yeah, do I wish it was a little different? Yes, but at the same time, I was still uh, sports entertained. Uh, Chandler, how's that? Um, how how's my WWE boy feeling about that? I feel like that was a, a very WWE match. I agree. Um, I I just kind of feel like in the little bit of AEW that I've seen, the what I've loved is when they like break away from it, like the truly phenomenal shit that AEW has done. I think the two best matches I've seen this year are the at least AEW are the Osprey Omega Forbidden Door and then the Swerve Hangman match at this one. Those two matches are unlike anything WWE will ever do. And that's, to me, when, like, AEW has felt the most alive and it's been the most, like, awesome. And so you're right. I did enjoy this match. I did have a fun time. I did like it. But it's also, like, why are you just, like... Why are you doing the WWE style? You should do the alter. You should be the alternative, not the competitor here, which I think is when AEW thrives, in my opinion. But I mean, shit, the fucking guns were great in this. We're not talking about that, but they were at ringside. I think the first time MJF was thrown out and they beat him up and then thrown him in. The shorter one that doesn't look exactly like Billy. Just did this like sly as hell, like sit on the ring. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm just like hanging out. Nothing like nothing to see here. Um, Jay White hit some beautiful Uranages. Like, Ooh. my God, he hit one from the second row. That could have ended the match. Uh, and then uh, MGF hit a huge cutter where he jumped over the ring. Jay White was on the apron and still took him to the outside. Like, that was like, one moment in a match where it was like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, uh, again, I really did like the ending of this. I know Dave said he didn't with the hokiness, but I thought the title bit was awesome. And then the ring stuff was a little stupid, but I liked how JY got it. I was like, oh, I'll win. And then MJF hit the low blow and then got the ring. So all in all, I'm looking forward to Dynamite. I want to see where 
MJF goes next, and I'll have to watch this press conference now if it was so impassioned. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out, too. I mean, they're always good, um, especially when a certain chick magnet talks shit on the uh, EVPs. <laughs> there was a Foxy uh, and Punk chant during the Young Bucks match. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to uh, what we have coming up now. Like, we've literally got nothing announced for Dynamite two days from now. Um, uh, the most important thing coming up is uh, the little important business. Chandler, when are we going to eat these nuts? Oh, I didn't even announce. Yeah, so Chad and I are both the big losers. And so what we're going to do it is the one winner is safe. But the two losers, no matter what, have to do the hot spicy food challenge or whatever we feel like. So Chad and I are this week's big losers. So at a certain point, him and I both have, it'll basically be the next time all three of us record together. We'll be eating our spicy foods. I know I purchased the death nut. So, and I not excited for it, but maybe I'll just have to predict harder next time. What did you do, Dave or Chad? Sorry. Uh, yeah, I got the uh, the Death Knight, the Death Nuts 5.0 or whatever it is. Um, you get five, 5.0? Whatever it was, I got, yeah. I got 3.0. Maybe it was a three. I don't know. I just clicked on a bunch of stuff until uh, Amazon told me uh, something was showing up. Uh, so they should be here tomorrow. Uh, I'm a sadist, so maybe I'll just eat them like, right at the beginning of our recap episode and just suffer through the whole episode. I will. So what I... What I'm reading is the proper way to do it. So my the, what I got, the pack I have, you have five different levels, like five different mini packs of nuts. And they're gradually hotter as you go. Five being like the 16 million Scoville, whatever. And like what you do is you eat one bag and you wait 30 seconds. You eat another bag, 30 seconds. And then when you get to the fifth one, you got to wait five minutes before you can drink anything. Just sit there and take it. No. All right. That's, that's, that's the, I mean, the challenge itself is that we are playing for wrestling predictions, but the challenge is the death nut challenge. You feel me? I'll, (laughs) I'll just, I'll just eat another bag every segment. How about that? If you don't like make it, I guess there's nothing we can do. Like you can't be like, oh, you got to eat another one, and then you know, <laughs> there's no punishment for not doing the five minutes. But it'll look great on camera. I'll do my happens. best. I'll do my best. I thought I would just eat spicy food. I didn't think I'd eat, have to eat a lot of spicy food. So we'll see. That's all I'll say is we'll, we'll see. Oh yeah, and just a reminder. You know they. When we hit the 100 subs, I'll do um, maybe not a wing. That won't be so good for camera, but I'll do like a chip with a bunch of the bomb on it. I think we got like 84 to go. Um, so uh, hit that sub button. We want to get into our um, high and low point of the night. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, why not? I think for me, my high point specifically uh, it's got to be the spot of Swerve stapling himself. That I'm never going to forget that for the rest of my life. 
Never, ever, ever. Because I was so grossed out when they first brought it out. I literally like did my typical like frowny face because I was like, oh, no, don't staple him. And for Swear to be like, yeah, I don't fucking care. This is this is just what I'm at. This is where I'm at. I was like, yeah, this guy is the best. Um, low point. Funny enough, I mean, I don't really. Like, it's kind of hard because, like, at worst, the matches were good. I guess my low point was just Chris Jericho. He like took a lot of damage on his arm, and he wasn't selling it that well. And like, I know that's kind of nitpicky, but. This pay-per-view was, all in all, pretty good. And that's probably my low point. What do y'all think? Hmm. Uh, Go for it, Chad. Okay. Uh, I'm going to purposefully steer clear of Hangman Swerve just because that um, I'm going to go with the uh, Hart-Statlander-Sky-Blue match. Um Probably, yeah, if you take that out, take Hangman, uh, the Hangman match out of there, uh, for me, match of the night. Uh, it's good to see uh, the women get a really prominent spot. They got a lot of time and fucking knocked it out of the park. Uh, so hopefully we'll um, get to see more storylines grow out of that, because I think all three of them have a really good dynamic together. Uh, low point, same thing. Um, not a lot of low points in the whole show uh flip through the notes flipping through the notes Mm. oh yeah i guess um kind of what chandler was talking about earlier uh now that it got me thinking which is the strange nature of eddie's wrinkle into the uh thing when i first heard about it i was kind of stoked but now you got me thinking about it i'm like yeah no that does not make sense and now i'm kind of bummed about that uh so yeah that's me Davo. um my high point was when after the sting darby copeland match uh sting went over to the barricade and hugged his son dude he looks exactly like steve warden like his son does like dude like i I, make him a wrestler please (laughs) please make that happen uh, but no, I thought that was a cool moment. And Darby getting on the mic. This is his last fucking time wrestling in California. Makes some fucking noise. Like, yeah, that was pretty cool. And then the low point for me was the whole the whole MJF injury. Adam Cole subbing. Adam Cole being involved with the towel and the belt and the ring. Uh None of it worked for me. I don't think any of that needed to happen. Adam Cole could have been at home recovering from a surgery, and none of that needed to happen at all. So in your uh, alternate yeah. universe, if Adam Cole stayed at home, would have we had a, a devil uh, appearance? Yeah, yeah. I think the devil would have showed, but not revealed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, good pay per view. I I rarely don't enjoy an AEW pay per view. Um, yeah, for me they range from good to great. You know, they're never a waste of time. For me, no. this is right in the middle of that good to great. Like I, it wasn't like Swerve and Hangman, the TBS title match, the tag title match. That edges it closer to that great. 
But for me, like OC and Mox being disappointing, Christian and Adam Copeland not really wrestling, the Continental Classic crap, the MJF overbooking, that kind of puts it towards the good. So that's why I'm kind of just a fence sitter. Like, yeah, I'm right in the middle. Yeah. Um, hey, I feel World's End is going to be an absolute banger. Um, I think MJF secretly already resigned. Um, that was oh. kind of being talked about today uh, yeah. in the dirt sheets a little bit that secretly he already resigned. Like, that's kind of why they've dropped the whole bidding war of 2024 thing. Yeah. Because uh, that would have been pretty big right now if it was real. I've heard there was there have been no talks between WWE and MJF. So, yeah. like, that's kind of it, which kind of the same thing with Osprey, right? right? I'm a little disappointed that he's not going, but it's also like I think AEW is better for MJF. I think AEW is better for Will Osprey. I want to see them in the WWE light. But I think they'll do great or even better than I could ever imagine in AEW. Yeah. yeah. MJF's still got a lot of career ahead of him. Uh, I mean, think of when AJ Styles uh, finally popped in at the Rumble. He was already quite far into his career at that point. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, let, let him get let him get a lot more. Uh, he's still got a lot of stories to tell in AEW. Yes, sir. I mean, Kenny yeah. Omega MJF only happened this year. What else is there? I want uh, Moxley. Oh, that happened already, I guess. Moxley, MJF. That happened. <laughs> you could do a rematch, though. Absolutely. All right. Before um, we yeah, end. He's, he's... Oh, one final prediction for the night. Who wins the Continental Classic? It's Ooh. tough without knowing everybody yet just say your gut Uh, feeling and we can revisit this on dynamite when we know all the characters i'm saying gut feeling danielson i was gonna say danielson this is this this is the big he gets to win a g1 it's just the AEW G one oh man see now i gotta go a different way yeah i would have said danielson but i'm i I always have to be contrary uh andrade Good shout, good shout. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. gonna be uh that's gonna be um you know, CJ Perry pushes him to, to the moon and then um then then you'll get the whole Miro coming after him after it. And Andrade Miro uh Miro match might be part of the Continental Classic. Yeah. If both men are in it. Uh but yeah. Cool, cool. Good pay-per-view. Uh, fun show today. A little bit of a long one, but we had uh, a lot of material to get through. Um, yeah, we'll probably do, uh, be doing our Death Nut Challenge here, uh, I don't know, within the week, right? At yeah. least, hopefully Dynamite Review, if not Collision Review. Cool. Cool, yeah, cool. no, that'd be a nice Thanksgiving Day treat. <laughs> Way to ruin a good meal. <laughs> yes, sir. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, but yeah, fun show. Um, 
Again, remember to comment, like, subscribe, check us out in the audio realm, Spotify, Amazon. Uh, Ring Pandora. the bell for notifications. Are we on Pandora? Uh, ooh, I don't think so. Not yet, but I'll look at that one. Um, I think, big one I think Chandler might be starting an OnlyFans, too. Hey, if there are enough fans, I can't let them down. Right. <laughs> cool. All right. We'll uh, be getting back together for the Dynamite review a little yeah. later in the week. We, we have no idea who's even booked for Dynamite, but we'll find out. Um, cool, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, everyone out there, have a good night. Thank you for watching. And peace. Peace. Bye-bye. Bye.